0: the motherhood penalty in the legal profession is real. And for anyone who says that that we've moved past that, that's outdated. The American Bar Association in their um, American Bar Association journal published an article just a couple months ago where it was an opinion piece, but they did not frame it as an opinion piece. They now have a disclaimer, but when it was initially published, it was just basically published as fact that Women lawyers who are mothers are to blame for their lack of upward career trajectory, saying that we were unmotivated, we weren't good at prioritizing our time, and essentially put the onus back on the moms for what are abysmal statistics in the legal profession. Women lawyers make up just above 20% of partner equity partners in large law firms across the country the numbers are even lower for judicial appointments and you know as we see even in the u.s congress right the amount of women Mm -hmm. as compared to men Mm -hmm. and for the legal profession in particular those statistics have barely changed those partnership statistics have barely changed in over 20 years
1: Hi, Megan. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing on this Monday?
0: Hi, Kelly. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for being here. So just to get us started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, your career background, and anything else that you would like to share?
0: Absolutely. My name is Megan Whiteside. I am a trial lawyer in Washington, DC and Maryland and mom to two amazing little boys who are almost three and almost five, you know, when they're toddlers and you say, oh, they're two and four, but it doesn't quite capture it. You know, they're getting (laughs) bigger. And I, in addition to being a lawyer by day, I am also a podcast host of the mom life and law podcast which is almost one year old. I can't believe it. I started it in the pandemic. And in addition to the podcast, through my company, I host live virtual events with one day a hope to have live in-person events to support lawyer moms.
1: That's amazing. I love that you took your career path and niche and turned it into a podcast to support other moms going through similar things. I think that's such a great idea to just help other lawyer moms and other moms? Because I know some of your podcast topics have sort of been inclusive to all moms, all working moms. So
0: yeah, I think that uh, what has been a happy surprise with my podcast is that a lot of the topics really resonate with working moms across industries. And I've made a lot of great connections like with you, you know, and other women who are not necessarily lawyers, but, you know, some of these pressures on working moms are really universally experienced. And I think it's important to call attention to them and provide, you know, support and encouragement for lawyer moms who are really just having a hard time, especially during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, speaking of the pandemic and just this ongoing sort of struggle and sort of, moment in history that we've all been going through together, we all can kind of relate to it. What advice would you give to moms just in regards to managing their work and family lives? Or is there any type of particular story that arose or came up for you out of going through this time?
0: Yeah, I think that the pandemic has brought to light a lot of Issues we were facing pre pandemic, but they were amplified. And so part of the story and the struggle I went through is now the message I'm trying to share with lawyer moms in particular, but I think it applies to working moms across the board. And what I said when I started my podcast was here I was as a lawyer and a mom, two major parts of my identity, but they felt like they were at odds with each other. I was under this Overwhelming pressure to lawyer as if I had no children and to parent as if I had no job. And I kept feeling like I was failing in both of my identities. I wasn't able to put in the amount of hours that I did in my legal career before kids. And and I do think that I've become more efficient and prioritize my time in a positive way. But it's hard when I was able to stay at the office until 9, 10 at night Mm -hmm. pre kids and not feeling like I was able to do that. And the pressure that partly was self-imposed, but I think is also industry imposed to just work and be available at all hours of the day. So I felt like I was failing in that respect in my job. And then here I was with these, you know, especially at the birth of my first son, when I first became a mom, this beautiful infant who I wanted to be with and nurture and support and mm-hmm. see all of those milestones. And just the nature of being a career woman, I'm not going to be with him. I had to rely yeah. on childcare and, really the toll that I think I had internalized what, you know, those expectations of being the quote unquote, perfect mom. I felt like I, I wasn't doing that. And I went through a personal, you know, crisis and really a reckoning with, I don't want to live. Like I am constantly feeling like a failure who wants to live like that. And I didn't feel like I was showing up as the best version of myself for my two boys and sort of this crisis for me hit right before the pandemic, you know, maybe two, three months before the world shut down. And so here I was grappling with, you know, I was feeling the lowest of the low I had ever felt. And then the pandemic hit and all of that fear and pressure and additional sort of responsibilities to manage, you know, falling on all of us as parents. I want working moms to know that they don't have to do it all and that doing it all Quote unquote perfectly is not the measure of being a good mom, is not the measure of being a good career woman, whatever your career of choice is. And so those stories and those internal pressures that we put on ourselves aren't serving anyone, not us, not our partners and spouses, not our kids. And so part of what, you know, want to be a support, you know, an encourager and a supporter of working moms is that work really starts inside to let a lot of that go. Um, And to be okay with not doing it all or doing less or setting real boundaries to protect the time you have at work, protect the time you have with kids. And I think by doing some of that really core values work, what matters to me, what matters to my husband and my kids, that really, that has set me up for a much happier life. And I think that can set all of us up for a much happier life, which ultimately is what we want at the end of the day.
1: For sure. I love everything you just said. I feel that's so important for moms to realize that every family, every mom is going to have a different way that works for them, a different way of living, of thriving in their lives, in their work and family lives. And it's not like we're all just going to magically, like follow a formula that's going to work for every single person, because that's just not how it works in real life.
0: It's so individual. And, you know, the saying comparison is the thief of joy, really, I mean, I had to grapple with I was comparing what my life looked like to what it quote unquote, should look like. And that's, you know, a perfectly curated Pinterest social media life. And my life didn't look like that then and doesn't look like that now. And very little of my circumstances have changed between when I was feeling at my lowest of the low and now it's more my outlook, my expectations, my boundaries. And it's amazing kind of putting in this internal work. It sounded so woo-woo to me. You know, lawyers were not very woo. (laughs) No, we're very logical. And I've just, my life has been transformed. I'm a total believer.
1: That's amazing. So you talk a little bit about... Just your industry, you know, the law industry. And I know that's one of them that is typically male dominated. So, how has that sort of shaped the work you're doing on your platform and your podcast and your just topics that you're talking about? Like, how has your industry sort of shaped that? And how have you been able to sort of change the narrative or start? reaching out to other working lawyer moms, letting them know that it can be different, that they don't have to live sort of just this one-sided life.
0: Yeah, well, I think that most any woman lawyer would agree is that there's the motherhood penalty in the legal profession is real. And for anyone who says that we've moved past that, that's outdated. The American Bar Association in their American... Bar Association Journal published an article just a couple months ago where it was an opinion piece, but they did not frame it as an opinion piece. They now have a disclaimer. But when it was initially published, it was just basically published as fact that women lawyers who are mothers are to blame for their lack of upward career trajectory, saying that we were unmotivated, we weren't good at prioritizing our time, and essentially put the onus back on the moms for what are abysmal statistics in the legal profession. Hmm. Women lawyers make up just above 20% of equity partners in large law firms across the country. The numbers are even lower for judicial appointments. And, you know, as we see even in the US Congress, right, the amount of women mm-hmm. as compared to men. Mm-hmm. And for the legal profession in particular, those statistics have barely changed. Those partnership statistics have barely changed in over 20 years. So, you know, that penalty is real. Not that all women are mothers, but I don't know of a single woman lawyer who felt comfortable telling her employer she was pregnant and the lack of paid maternity leave, you know, either women have a very limited amount, none, and are expected to go unpaid or expected to take short-term disability or some other similar program. Mm -hmm. And it's from pregnancy announcement to maternity leave to coming back and losing, you know, responsibilities. The statistics for the amount of women lawyers who are first chair at trials is also below 20%. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if someone's listening and that number has changed, but it's real. And so a lot of women leave the practice of law, try to hide information, don't put up pictures of their children on their desk or really lose the opportunity to advance in their careers at the point at which they become mothers. So it's a little bit taboo to be speaking about this. And I had some real fear when I launched my podcast of going, okay, I'm really putting myself out there. But the response that I've gotten has been so overwhelmingly positive to the point that I don't care if there's going to be some negative feedback on me, because I think it's really important for us to support one another and luckily i actually changed jobs during the pandemic and i'm at a really supportive firm now which is amazing and i think that there needs to be a conversation to identify these issues for there to be any real change i don't know how much of yeah. an impact i'm going to make on change but if i can be one small voice to encourage other women lawyers to speak out about these issues to work within each of their workplaces to change this narrative to you know women even you know 20 some percent of us who are in positions of power if they can be emboldened to have conversations that we need to have programs and policies in place to promote women lawyers, to promote lawyers of color. If I can have one small part in that movement for change, then it's worth the risk. And I feel like it's personally important that if I'm confident to speak out, I should do it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And 100% agree. That's part of why I started my podcast too. So I totally understand where you're coming from with that, and you are making a difference. Like just by putting one episode out, I'm sure you've changed somebody's life. Thank you. So that was actually what I was going to ask you next. What led you to start your podcast or what point did you sort of realize that you wanted to do something more and speak out?
0: Yeah, it's two major things I think motivated me to do this. And the biggest was in a way paying it forward. So when I had my first son, I didn't realize at the time, but I had postpartum anxiety. I was never formally diagnosed. And it was sort of one of those things that while all of the hormones were going wild, I was really suffering and not understanding that this wasn't quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And there were women lawyers who had children. They were just a little bit ahead of me in their motherhood journey, who were such an amazing resource and source of support that really saved me. I mean, I felt so alone. I was really struggling, especially that first few months back after maternity leave. And I never forgot how important that was for me personally. So on my small scale, right. I'm in the Washington DC area. I was one of the women lawyers who started a DC lawyer, mom's Facebook group. And sort of, we gather, we haven't really over the pandemic, but you know, pre-pandemic, we were doing at least monthly gatherings we had that you know facebook group source of support and sharing of information and it was so powerful i saw you know each of us working together paying forward you know the help that we had gotten providing support to new moms and experienced moms alike in my small scale mission to pay it forward i thought there has to be more that we can do and i know there are national lawyer mom facebook groups and other organizations that are very helpful i really felt like there was A vacuum. There really wasn't anyone having these conversations on a large scale outside Mm -hmm. of a closed lawyer mom's Facebook group. And so the combination of wanting to pay it forward, that invaluable support that I received, and recognizing that if we don't name it, right, the motherhood penalty, and also just how frequent women lawyers who are mothers feel so alone in that Mm -hmm. struggle between Mm -hmm. lawyering and parenting, I thought, well, why not? You know, I had a couple of women in my life who had encouraged me to start a podcast long before, and I hadn't quite narrowed down a topic. And I saw so many women lawyers struggling during the pandemic, even more so. And I, I thought this is the time there's a need for this. If I can be a positive voice of support, and a change agent. Now's the time. I got to do it. So I bought a microphone off of Amazon. I researched <laughs> for about 2 months how to, you know, record and produce a podcast, all the things you have to do, and I started a podcast in my basement. October 20th, 2020 was my first episode.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, it's so funny because I have a similar story. I think the pandemic like stirred something in a lot of us because I started my podcast Just a few months before yours, I think it was like July, 2020.
0: Yeah. I think that we all saw issues amplified in such a dramatic way. For sure. And I mean, I don't know a mom during the pandemic who wasn't at her wits end, right? So, you know, I think that your podcast and all of the working moms who are finding a way to support other working moms was so, so vital. And I think going forward, even after, you know, God willing that this pandemic ends or, or we get to a place, you know, safety where we can sort of get closer back to what we were doing pre-pandemic. I think that these podcasts and these events and messages and groups, mm-hmm. they need to continue because it's not easy to have a career and have ambitions for, you know, rising with your career and also want to thrive and, you know, have a happy family life. It's not easy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. And I think going forward, it probably makes a lot of us realize that we can't, we want to stay connected through these groups, but we can't go back to how the way it was before the pandemic, we have to like move forward and try to push for these changes like you are doing with your podcast and with your platform. And I think it's just so amazing and powerful how just moms, individual moms can come together and be that power, like just represent that power as a collective. I think that's just incredible.
0: Yes. And how amazing would it be if in our lifetimes, we can get to a point where working mom is not a thing. That's not a title because we don't go around referring to dads as working dads. (laughs) Right. And I know a lot of women have, you know, a love hate relationship with that term. And I think that it's just one example of the ways that societal expectations influence us and that we can so easily internalize them right? And so I think this conversation definitely needs to continue. And our generation is the one to hopefully keep driving that change.
1: I love that. Yes. I love it so much. So what would you say, Megan, is sort of like the most important internal work you had to do to get to where you are now?
0: I think it's twofold. First is identifying my core values, right? And how I was or was not carrying them out or living them in my life. And that really is the foundation to all of the decision-making in my life right now. And, you know, the future planning that I'm making where there are certain things in my life where I want to make changes to be able to, you know, joy is one of my core values, right? And so anyway, doing the internal work on what really matters to me. And sort of having those conversations also with my husband sort of gave me clarity. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: in addition to that, I've done a lot of internal work on what are my strengths? What is my zone of genius? And if anybody's ever read The Big Leap, that book was transformational for me. I read that in February, 2020, and it kind of set the stage of, you know, the changes I've made since then. And so I think finding a way to live my life at the intersection of my values and my strengths, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can say your passions and your talents, however you want to frame it. Yeah, That for me has been the recipe for making changes that have increased my happiness and overall satisfaction in life has helped me to thrive. You know, it's a work in progress. So no one's life is perfect and it's not a destination that you reach. But I think that every decision that I've made As you know, 2020 and 2021 have progressed, have gotten me closer to that joyful life, thriving life. And I've really been able to clarify, okay, where do I want to go? Right. How do I keep this going? In doing those two things, it also has given me clarity on what I want to do and how I want to grow to be an example to my boys, right? Because Mm -hmm. I, you know, especially as my children get older. They need to see it to be able to believe it. They need to see parents who are confident, who are happy, who, right? Like we can't just tell our kids, we want them to be happy if they they see parents who are miserable. And I, that's a tall order. That's a tall order. And I also think I had so internalized that you need to achieve and hustle for your worth. And I had a really big breakthrough kind of in that early 2020, where it was like, I never want my boys to have to hustle for their worth. Yeah. Right. And so I had to find a way to live it. And it's a work in progress. (laughs) Some days I'm better than others. Right. But I want to continue to be an example of my core values of living in my strengths, of working in my strengths so that my boys can see that example. And I also think it's important for me personally, that they see a career woman, someone who, you know, I can be a great mom and a great lawyer. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of the moms stayed home and I fully respect any woman who makes that choice, right? You have to do what's right for your family. But I I also want it to be normal for our children to see both parents work or different dynamics, you know, stay at home dads. We have friends and colleagues where, you know, the couple, the father stays home. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of all of that work together has been the most influential for me.
1: Yes, I love that. There's so much to unpack there. So I love, first of all, that you said the part you said about finding like the intersection between your passions and talents. I think so many times we just sort of attach to one or another and we feel like we can't have both. Like maybe we can't have both the successful career, but be passionate about pieces of it or be passionate about a side project. But I think it's so important to realize that you can combine the two and you can make a life that you really design that really works for you and your family and that doesn't have to follow a specific formula. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like there's not one formula for everybody. It's going to be different. You have to get to it when you get to it and you can't sort of rush the process. That's what I've really found. And my discovery of what I love doing and what I'm talented at and all of those things, it's just kind of a process that you have to let unfold and kind of just have to go with the flow, even though that's really hard for like type A personalities to do.
0: Oh my gosh, it is. I was totally resistant to the woo and this felt very woo when I started it. But now looking sort of as I've worked through things and incorporated this type of work and it's daily, like. Letting go of societal expectations that you yeah. were raised with, it's not an easy task. And that's one I've really had to work on. And doing this work, one of the added benefits or unexpected but happy benefits is it's really helped me to let go of a lot of the mom guilt mm-hmm. because yeah. my measure and my worth as a person and a mom is not defined by how much time I spend with my children. Right. So obviously, If I were not working outside the home, I would have a lot more time with my children. That inherently in and of itself doesn't make me a better or a worse mom, right? But I think I had internalized that societal expectation of like, oh my gosh, I send them to daycare and to preschool and I miss the first steps and I this and that. And and by the way, daycare providers should never tell the mom when the baby takes the first steps. When mom sees (laughs) the steps or the first steps, but that's an aside. But I think the happy benefit of identifying my core values and what I was passionate about doing both through my work and through my parenting. And then what I'm great at is different. I am not the Pinterest mom. I mean, if I work really hard and spend a lot of time, I could do that. I'm the (laughs) Amazon prime mom most of the time. And I am okay with that. I have let go of the guilt. You know, My husband is on balance, a much better cook than me and cooks most nights. And I used to feel really bad about that. But I realized I had internalized an expectation of someone else, society. And so I think the happy accident has been really a level of self-acceptance I hadn't had before.
1: That's amazing. I absolutely love that we can sit here and sort of reflect. And at the beginning of motherhood, you're right, we have all of these outside sort of sources telling us how it should be, what it should be, what we should do, how we should feel. But then going through it yourself and like five years later, it's like, I was very easily influenced by all those things as a new mom, but now I know I'm forging my own path going forward and it does. It's amazing just to accept where you are and accept how you are and just be good with it and be happy.
0: Yeah. And I think it also allows us to ask for more help and delegate more things. Oh yeah. Right. Because. I used to try to do it all and I was very unhappy. And now I delegate and outsource a lot more Yes, and it's made a world of a difference and does not, again, speak to my value as a person, as a mom, as a lawyer, and sort of letting go of that emotional attachment to needing to do all the things and do them perfectly. Gosh, no one can live like that. And so, you know, if that's one takeaway that any listener hears, it's like, you are worthy first. And it's not selfish or weird to say that I'm amazing. I'm worthy before I do anything and allow yourself to really be happy and let go of those things. That's been a game changer.
1: Yeah. I love that this topic came up because I feel like there's so many moms struggling with that perfectionism. And I just like to tell them that it doesn't really exist. It's just like a made up thing that we made up in our minds and really perfectionism doesn't really exist. No, there's no way to be quote unquote perfect. Yeah, so that's amazing. So what would you say is the favorite part of your work that you're doing to support other moms, to support lawyer moms in particular or anything else you want to talk about?
0: Just the little bits of feedback that... I've gotten where women say, finally, I feel like I'm not alone because I remember how powerful that was for me when I experienced that for the first time, like, oh, I'm not alone in this. This is hard for other moms too. And I think that's such an important message. And if I can help fortify, encourage, support, motivate other lawyer moms to be happy, to be the best versions of themselves, And I believe they're going to pay it forward. Like that's just something that they're going to help somebody in their community or someone that they meet online because all of us have made all these internet friends during the pandemic. Um, (laughs) That's been the best part. That's what keeps me going.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I would definitely say that is one of the good things that came out of a worldwide pandemic is making all these connections. Absolutely. So Do you have any advice, tips, or encouragement for moms who maybe want to start a side hustle or passion project like you did with your podcast and your resources for lawyer moms? What would you tell them, especially if they're in the middle of, you know, working full-time and trying to juggle family life and everything else in between?
0: Yeah, so what I realized in my sort of strengths work and examining what my zone of genius was and what I was great at this fell within that, right? You know, I do a mostly interview-based podcast, you know, having conversations, communication, connecting with people. That was something that came very naturally. And so what I did was I had sort of a mission and I found what I could do well and I combined the two. And so if you have a passion on your heart or a way that you want, you know, to show up in your life and you think that there could be a side hustle for that, think about what energizes you versus what depletes you. And for me... Mm -hmm. Those things that sort of fall within my strengths, within my zone of genius are super energizing. You know, I could work for hours and not realize that the time has passed because I get into a state of flow very easily. If you're really afraid of interviewing someone or the idea of speaking on a podcast overwhelms you, don't start something that's going to deplete you because working full-time, momming full-time, like we don't have a lot of extra time. So yeah. if there is something right it has to really energize you, excite you. So you have to be able to get into that state of flow easily for you to, to devote some of your very limited, valuable time to do it. And once you kind of figure out what that is, where your passions and your talents unite, then go for it. It's amazing. It's going to be so much fun. And all of us deserve to have a little fun um, in our busy, crazy, hectic lives.
1: For sure. I love that. And like you said, when you find... Those passions that you can just sit down and like hours pass by without even knowing like what just happened. I was just in the flow for like two hours. That is the absolute most amazing feeling in the world, I think. And I think all moms have that inside them that they have a passion that is just waiting to be uncovered.
0: I totally agree. Everybody has a gift and, you know, it might be something you can do in your local community. It might be something you can do within your family or extended family. It might be a side hustle that you release to the world who knows. But I think that there's so many of us devote all of our time and all of our energy to others at our jobs, our kids, our spouses or partners or families, whatever your obligations are. I think don't forget that, you know, some of this work that's really on your heart can Be really fulfilling. It's like a, I call it like kind of like my self-care, like I don't go and get manicures or massages now because of COVID, (laughs) but before like those wouldn't really fill my cup in terms of a true self-care for me, the podcast has been the best form of self-care I could have imagined. And so I think that's another way to kind of frame it. If you've got something that you've always thought about doing, that could be exactly the type of self-care you never knew you needed.
1: That's amazing to put it like that. I absolutely love you defining that sort of passionate work as self-care. Yeah, because I'm the same way. Yeah, I can go get a manicure or get my hair done and I feel good for like half an hour or an hour and I'm like, okay, I feel really good. But then I sit down and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like I have to do, do something like mentally stimulating, emotionally, just some other type of work or some other type of activity to fill
0: me up. Yeah, exactly. So rather than sort of a momentary escape, you know, what can you do that you feel is valuable, you feel is making a difference and just fills you up.
1: Yeah, I love that. So Megan, is there any other advice you want to add in to give moms just in general or about working life or family life or anything else you can think of?
0: The thing that has made a big difference also through this process for me is having more self-compassion. So when your thoughts spiral, you know, whether it's perfectionist thinking or anxiety or, you know, other kind of destructive thoughts to just take a deep breath and acknowledge that this is hard. This is hard. And it sounds silly before you start doing it, but start telling yourself, I am amazing. I can do this. I am insert whatever you want. I am capable. I am smart. I am hardworking. I am going to figure this out. Uh, Those type of self-compassionate thoughts have really made a difference navigating the difficulties because not all days are good days. There are days that are really, really hard and giving yourself that compassion that this is hard. I'm having a hard time, but I know I can get through this. I think that's a place to start. And when you're really at that lowest of the low, highest overwhelm and anxiety, as you start to sort of pull yourself out of it, because you can.
1: Love that. And yes, I think it's so important for moms to know that it is okay to have a hard day too, but that we can start over tomorrow. There's always another day or there's always another moment. We can choose again. We can choose the next moment, but it is okay to have that hard day sometimes.
0: Absolutely.
1: So thank you so much, Megan. I just have a couple more questions to get to know you a little bit better to find out what you're working on and like where we can follow you online. So I ask this question to every mom, what is something you have to do for yourself every day or night, maybe something that is like your non-negotiable practice that you have to do so you can start or end your day on a positive note?
0: Yeah, I think best days I have, and almost every day I'm, I do this, is having a quiet cup of coffee to myself to start the day. And some days that's combined with journaling, some days that's combined with a little like reflection or meditation. And some days it literally is just sort of taking a few deep breaths, enjoying the cup of coffee and centering myself before the chaos ensues, because I've got yeah. two little boys in a demanding career. Most <laughs> days have a bit of chaos. And so just giving myself that quiet alone time, even for just a few minutes, I have found helps me to have more patience during the day, to be able to be a little more self-compassionate. So, you know, I know people talk about morning routines. I do not have fancy, complicated morning routines, but that (laughs) has really been a game changer, helped me sort of set myself up for success each day.
1: That's so important. Yes. I talk about that a ton, like on my platform and with other moms, even just five minutes. Like Mm -hmm. if you just have five minutes just to have that cup of coffee, it makes such a difference in your day. It does. So who would you consider to be sort of like your favorite podcasters, like a favorite author or other experts that has really influenced you in your life and career?
0: So the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, that was just a game changer for me that sort of set me on this path in the last year plus. And also I've really enjoyed the Life Coach School podcast by Brooke Castillo in sort of unpacking and understanding the power of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. I also just as a lawyer, have a trial skills coach who has a, a podcast. Her name is Sari Delamont. And her podcast is called From Hostage to Hero. So that's more geared towards plaintiffs, trial lawyers like myself. I'd say those three influences have been as I've sort of navigated this journey. That's awesome. So that's like the third
1: time I've heard about the book, The Big Leap, and I actually have it on hold at my library. So I'm definitely going to read that one next. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a great book. Yeah. So what are you currently working on that you're most excited about?
0: So I am in planning mode for my next couple live events. So I'm partnering Mm -hmm. with another lawyer mom. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we're going to announce soon. We're going to be putting on a goal setting workshop towards the end of 2021 for lawyer moms and women lawyers who are not moms are welcome to join too. But that's sort of my platform in unpacking, you know, goal setting and how to sort of set yourself up for success with a plan to accomplish your goals. So that one I'm excited about and then each spring I put on Mom Life and Law live, which is kind of taking the podcast live. We had a wildly successful one in May 2021 I, and so I'm I'm planning for next spring. I'm so excited to be able to bring women together. It's one thing a podcast is sort of like you're putting content out in the world, but to be in that interactive even virtually, it's amazing to just be in the Zoom room with other women.
1: That all sounds so amazing. We'll be sure to include any of your links in the show notes. So that way listeners can go check out all of those exciting things coming up for you. Thank so you. Where do you hang out most often online? Where can our listeners go check you out and
0: follow you? I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm at mom life and Law. And on LinkedIn, you can search me by my name, Megan Whiteside, and I also have a mom life and law page. So I'd be happy to connect with any of the listeners or if any of the listeners know a lawyer, mom, have them connect. I actually answer my DMS and my direct messages. (laughs) I'm, you know, it's me. It's not a bot. It's not a virtual assistant. And so I'm always happy to connect.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for being my guest on the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast today. I know this conversation will help so many moms. And that is just my ultimate goal to continue helping moms figure out that sort of balance between work and family or elusive balance or just all the different things related to working mom life. So thank you so much, I really appreciate you coming on the show.
0: Of course, Kelly, thank you for having me. I love the work you're doing. We are kindred spirits in that. And I know you have touched so many women's lives and I'm so happy that you're motivated to keep doing it. It's really important.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Have a great day. You too. So hi, mamas. I wanted to take a quick minute just to tell you about my brand new course that's going to be launching. So I had mentioned this course in the past and life happened and I got a little behind in creating all of the modules, but I went on this amazing family vacation over the summer. We traveled out west. And it really put a ton of things in perspective for me. I came back and I said, I really feel passionately about launching this course for moms. So what this course is, it's for you if you're feeling stuck. You've been in the burnout cycle for a while, you're not sure what steps you can take towards a better work family life integration, you crave freedom from the typical 9 to 5, and you're certain there has to be a better way to do this working mom life. So I've totally been in your shoes. I want to help you discover your passions and dreams and turn them into a viable business online so that you can find your zone of genius and finally feel passionate about the work you're doing without sacrificing your family life along the way. So I will ask you, if this sounds like what you need in your life, mama, then I'd love for you to join me in the business launch pad. So you can go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch. L-A-U-N-C-H, and you can sign up to get on the waitlist for the course, which will be launching in October. So again, that is com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and that will get you set up on my waitlist. Um, I'll send you some email notifications just to let you know when the course is open to sign up. And you can also get all of the details and what you'll be getting in this course at that website. So again, I would love to see you in the business launch pad. I really feel passionately about helping other moms reach their big goals and their big dreams, and I want to help you sort of fast track your way towards your dreams. So let me help you follow your dreams because that is what I feel most passionately about is helping moms discover their dreams and their purpose. So if you would like to join me, please get on the wait list, and I can't wait to see you Inside the business launch pad. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to, and it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast so that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something so if you go and leave a rating and review i would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week you are the reason why i continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast without you i wish didn't have the podcast. So thank you so much.